Thank you for joining us at Luminous Church. And this morning, we hope that you see Jesus clearly. Good morning. Good morning. How funny is Jared Gallardo? Stinking hilarious, man. That is a funny man. You need to get to know him. Um, FYI, he is a licensed minister, so he can do your wedding as well. And so I redirect that to him. And so, Jared, congratulations. I hope many weddings come your way. And so, man, it's good to be here this morning with you. We thought that we would meet in Theater One this summer. And so for some of you, that may have been a little confusing um, to be in Theater One. But we thought it's Memorial Weekend. Who's coming to church, really? They're all going to barbecue. And then I look at you, and you have no breathing room. You're right next to each other. So congratulations, get to know each other really well in this place. We're going to try this theater again next week. So if you're a guest and you're feeling uncomfortable, there's plenty of room right up here. So just make your way right up here next week. We would love for you to sit right up there uh, next week. We're so glad that you are here this morning. We've been in this series called Draw Near. We kicked it off last week. And, and it really my hope for you last week is that you would have an awareness. That's really what I wanted you to do is that you would have an awareness of who is God. And that you would be thinking about him throughout your week. I hope that you have done that this week. I hope that you were more conscious of the Lord in your life this week. That's what I hope happened last week. James 4.8 says this, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Our creative department is absolutely amazing. And it consists of one person. Tyler Snelson. And he is, he is brilliant. Can you give it up for Tyler? Because I'm so thankful for Tyler. I'm thankful because he shows me this picture of draw near and it's, it's so subtle and this, this is not a typical logo. And he goes, what do you think? And I love it. I love it because what it does is as you look at this picture and you see draw near, that's exactly God's invitation for you. And sometimes it's just a whisper. It's just a whisper coming out of the clouds, out of the sky and saying, come draw near. Come draw near. I want you to come close. As we see in the intro video, as we go down into the ocean, come draw near. And you hear this whisper and you draw near. And as you get down to this beach, in my mind, I'm just amazed because you get to this beach and you think the whisper means a small God. But when you get to the ocean, you see the vastness and the greatness of it. God is big and yet he whispers to you god is amazing and he's offering an invitation and a promise to you the bible is filled with promises it's filled with promises over and over again you'll be reading this bible and all of a sudden you'll see a promise and it's so so subtle it's sitting there subtly and it comes out 
How many of you have an iPhone? A lot of iPhone users in here, a lot of iPad users in here. How many of you loathe to do an update? You like hate doing an update, you hate the new version, you hate the new software. I don't want to figure something else out. I don't want a new update. I just want to leave my phone how it is. My wife is the master at this. I mean, you should see her notification windows. I mean, there are so many notifications on there. I'm like, babe, you have to update your phone. That's why it's not working. I'm not going to buy you a new phone. Just update it. Man, and as you update this version and this software, you get to know it a little bit better. And all Apple does is try to make this phone more friendly and user-friendly to you. You start learning new, new keyboard functions. You start finding new ways to use this phone. You look at shortcuts that you never even knew about. So they, are they really that short if you don't know about them? But they are once you get to know them. You know, a software version and update is a bad analogy, a bad analogy for, for God. It's a bad analogy for God, but, but I'm using it because, you see, there is so much to God and so much to his Bible and so much to his word. As you begin to use it, begin to read it, begin to discover, there are so many useful tools to you in there. And he wants you to know that so well. Maybe a better analogy is this. You hang out with your friends. Anybody golf in here? You like to golf? A couple of golfers, maybe maybe you miniature golf, I heard back there, so oh, that's awesome. Some of us like to miniature golf. Some of us like to hang out. We hang out with friends. We hang out with our coworkers, our golf buddies, all this stuff, and we're getting to know them, getting to find out who, who they are and begin to hang out with them. And what's amazing about relationships is the more you get into a relationship, you can just go through life not really knowing about one another. Like, have you ever discovered, like, you've been friends with somebody for five years, and all of a sudden they start pulling out a saxophone, and they play it ridiculously well? You're like, wow, I didn't know you could do that. Or, or maybe, maybe they have a certain talent. Maybe they have a certain story. Maybe they went on the world race and traveled the whole world, and you never even knew because you just scoffed together. This happens all the time. I have a good friend, and this can happen positively and negatively, but I have a good friend, and man, we've been friends for a long time, and I found out when he was four years old that his baby sister died. I was friends with this guy for, for years, and I did not know that his baby sister died. That changes the relationship. It changes the way I interact with him. It all of a sudden, I start sympathizing differently. All of a sudden, what I used to joke about, I watch what I say because that particular topic may, may rub him in the wrong way. It also makes me relate to him in different ways and new ways. And God is so desiring to get to know you and that you would get to know him. Not that you would just come to be church buddies because church buddies is so great and you're having fun and you're having all this time and you're sitting in a chair and it's, it's amazing. But God actually wants to reveal and tell you stuff about himself. He wants you to know him. And the reason maybe we don't know our software on our phone or we don't know that friend is because we are too busy. Everybody tell your neighbor, you're just too busy. Just too busy. Tell your other neighbor, ain't nobody got time for that. How many of you heard this saying, ain't nobody got time for that? 
Ain't nobody got time for that. It's like it's like all over the millennials right now. This is all you're doing. Ain't nobody got time for that. Don't bother me. It's not even proper grammar. And yet, yet people are doing it over and over and over again. And, and how many know that Jesus was the busiest man to ever walk the earth? Jesus was busy. I mean, think about this. Okay, Jesus, you have three years to explain your whole kingdom, to impart it into 11 men, and you're going to have billions of followers in a, thousand, a couple thousand years. So you better do a good job at that, and you better be really busy at doing this. How many of you know that is external pressure? How many of you know that's pretty busy? I mean, I mean, on your best day, on your best day, you may do a fraction of what Jesus established on your best day. And, and yes, you'll see, you'll see miracles. And yes, you may do more than he did. But Jesus had a lot of pressure. He had a lot of things. He was busy. And as we talk about time in the, in the avenue of this series, Draw Near, a lot of us are we just don't have time to meet with God. And yet, relationships are the only thing you can't delegate. Relationships are the only thing that you can't delegate, and your relationship with God will be the only thing you cannot delegate it. And how many of you know we want to as parents? As parents, I want to delegate my relationship with, with my son, I, my, my relationship with God. I want to delegate it. I want to, I want to, I want to just give it to him and, and just him get it and just get it. But until Benson starts meeting with Jesus, he won't really understand fully who Jesus is. Benson has to start developing a relationship with Jesus. And, and he may know a relationship with Jesus through his dad, but that takes me being there and being with him. He may know a relationship with Jesus through our home, but it takes us being present. You can't delegate it. And in this society, it's all about delegating relationships. You know, hire the nanny. Hire the babysitter. Hire somebody to do what you're supposed to do. Oh, I can't meet with you for coffee. Hey, can you meet with so-and-so? Can y'all hang out? And just um, can you report back to me how that went and tell me any updates I need to know about that relationship? That is not, that is not a relationship. Grateful working environment. Great, great for things, but it's, it's not a deep relationship, the one that Jesus wants. If you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 1, verse 35 through 38 is where we'll be. If you have your Luminous Church app, you can open that up. Hopefully the notes are in order. You can also fill out prayer requests on there and join a community group. So we'd love for you to do that. Mark 1, 35, it says this, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he, being Jesus, departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed, and Simon and those who were with him searched for him. Verse 37, and they found him and said to him, everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. Point one, we're just too busy. Point two, we need to rise. We need a rise. Man, we do a summer beach trip every year with Luminous Church. I say every year. We've only been around less than a year. And so we've done it one time, and it was awesome. You need to go on summer beach trip with us. 
But man, anytime you go to a beach with a bunch of people who are excited about the beach, the, the thing that they want to do the most is wake up early in the morning to see the sunrise. Or, or they want to stay up late and see the sunset. David Oaks loves sunsets. You want to get his heart, just send him a picture of a sunset. It gets him. We do this, and, and we want to wake up early. And, and I remember Luminous Church Beach Trip last year. There was, there was about 30 people, and we're sitting there, and we're just hanging out. And, and somebody says, hey, let's wake up really early and do a sunrise service to see the sun. And I was like, yes, a sunrise service. This would be awesome. Worship God and his glory and his splendor. And then it comes Saturday night, and I was like, man, we are not doing a sunrise service. Everybody's tired. They look like lobsters. We are putting on aloe vera. We're doing all this stuff. We totally missed it. But I think two or three people actually woke up to go see the sunrise, and they gloated all about it to us. This was the most amazing thing. We're like, I hate you. Did you take a picture? Jesus knew that if I'm going to meet with the Father, I have to be intentional about my time. And I must get up before everyone else. And I must go when it's dark outside because there's a lot of people pulling on me. And I'm really busy. Jesus knew this. Before life gets to you, you must get to the source of life. Before life gets to you, you must get to the source of life. And Jesus knew this. He often did this. He, he knows this. And, and we are distracted people. I'm fascinated how people are spending time with God in the morning on their phones. It's like the most distracting piece of device you'll ever have. There's Facebook notifications and Instagram notifications and and -and so-and-so just likes your picture and so you have to give them some love back. It's so fascinating. It's so hard for us to isolate. It's hard for us just to be alone and be still. What's amazing is Jesus so believed this. He believed that he needed to get alone. Check this out. It was the Sabbath day just the day before, the day of rest. Jesus just had a lot of rest. He healed a couple people, Peter's mom and some stuff like that. But it was, it was the Sabbath. It was the day of rest. This was right after the day of rest. It was Monday morning for you, waking up early for, before anything else. And I must seek God. Hebrews eleven six 6 says this, And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. For those who would draw near to God must believe that he exists. So I understand. I understand for those who don't wake up early in the morning drawing near to God. I understand for those who don't stay up late at night drawing near to God. I understand those on their commute to work not drawing near to God. I understand that if you don't believe in Jesus. But if you believe that he exists, if you believe that he is who he says he is, then you'll desperately want this relationship. It's what Hebrews are saying, that, that if you believe it, You will seek him. I was a 19-year-old punk, believe it or not. 19 years old, punk, thought I was the best thing, the best gift to men. It was amazing. I went around, and I was pretty arrogant and all this stuff. And as a 19-year-old, 
man, I used to hear amazing stories. You know what's amazing about a 19-year-old? They could be punks, but if they have passion, all you do is steer that passion towards Jesus and watch them just run like crazy, and God will do amazing things. It's why we send kids to youth camp. It's why we have a campus ministry. It's why we have all these things. It's why we want youth in our service. It's why we want that, because, because man, when you're young, you're passionate and you're hungry. And when I was 19, man, I, I heard about all these guys who spent hours with the Lord every morning. I heard about these men who would, who would wake up at four in the morning and pray for five hours. It did something to me. It excited me. I was like, man, this is amazing. They're so hungry for, for the Lord. And I was seeing their ministry and seeing God use them. And they're full of wisdom and full of faith. And they're seeing healings and miracles and all these things. They're preaching passionately. And, and so many things were happening out of the overflow of what was going on in the morning. Ian Bounds says this, that the unction from the pulpit, anything that is anointed from the pulpit, comes from your prayer closet. This is just the overflow of what your life is like with Jesus, and you'll know it. You'll know it when Pastor Ben comes up and he preaches a message, and you're like, man, that was so boring. Like, you probably could ask Pastor Ben, hey, hey, Pastor Ben, did you spend time with Jesus this week? And I would probably say, man, not a lot. But, but then those moments that, man, you're just like, man, worship was anointed. The message was anointed. The service was anointed. Everything was anointed. It's because our worship team loves God passionately, and they're spending time with them, and they're drawing near to them, and there's so much flowing out of them. Point two, after you rise, moving to point three, you must hide and abide. You must hide and abide, and Jesus knew this. In verse 35, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. What was he doing in that, that desolate place? Matthew 6, 6 says this. Here's what I want you to do. Gives us a template for hiding. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can imagine, as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God. And you will begin to sense his grace. Matthew 6, 6 in the message. This is really what the Lord wants for us, is that we would find a secret place, find a quiet place, find a place away from distractions. Find a way, a place where it, we can get the focus off of us and get it on to where it needs to go. We must abide, John 15, 10, if you keep my commandments you will abide in my love just as I've kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These commandments we must keep. What are these commandments? Matthew, love God with all your heart, mind, and soul and love people as yourself. Do these things. Abide in these things and look and see what God does. In verse 36, everybody's looking for Jesus. You know, I mean, who's not looking for Jesus? He has all the answers. He's praying for people. People are healed. Peter goes looking for Jesus. It makes sense that Peter was going to look for Jesus because it's his hometown. It's his home turf. And the people are pulling on him and said, hey, man, where is Jesus? We need him. We need him. We need Jesus. So they're pulling on him. And who doesn't want to impress their friends, right? I mean, I mean, it's why you took people to the cafe table to get them some homemade bread. Is because you brought a friend today, and you're like, I'm going to impress you. Take a bite of that. 
blow your mind. It's why we do stuff like that. We want to impress our friends. We want to do best for them. We want to serve them. We want to love them well. And they all have needs. There's a lot of needs with our people and our friends in our hometown. And Jesus has the answer to these needs. And so Peter, Simon is the one looking for Jesus. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And they found him and said to him, everyone is looking for you. Everyone is looking for you. And Jesus comes out of the room confidently. Confidence. He isn't, he isn't distracted by his purpose, his vision. And he said to him in verse 88, 38, let us go on to the next town. And I may preach there also. But that is why I came out. It was so good in there. I could have stayed forever. Let's go, let's go to the next town. That's why I'm coming out of this time with Jesus, because I must go preach to the next town. Man, you have so many people pulling on you, so many things pulling on you, kids pulling on you, parents pulling on you. You have work pulling on you, your phone pulling on you, emails pulling on you. You're waking up in the morning, everything is pulling on you. And if you don't get time with Jesus, you don't get time with the Father, then you'll forget what the mission was all about. That's why we're too busy. Honestly, because we don't know when to say no so that we can afford to say yes. Jesus came out with a sense of urgency. In Hebrews 4, 15 through 16, I love Hebrews. And as the worship team comes up to close us out today, I'm going to close with this verse. Hebrews 4, 15 through 16. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I love this because we go in to the quiet place. We go, we draw near with confidence. And it's not on our merit. And just like I said last week, it's not who you are or what you've done that is able, enables you to draw near. It's what Jesus did and who Jesus is that enables you to draw near to him. So you can draw near and wake up tomorrow morning and spend time with Jesus, not because of what you have done, but because of what he has done. He has made a way for you. He has designed a place for you. We draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. And if you would, close your eyes and bow your head. And I want to, I want to enter into this song, Draw Near to God. He'll draw near to you. And as we do this, I want you to close your eyes because I want you to see how simple it is. That in this moment, this very moment, you can draw near to the throne of grace. And you don't just come in confidently. But when you meet with him, you get affirmed. You get loved. We had an expectation when we went in. 
And every time you go in with an expectation, God meets your expectation and exceeds it. And you leave more confidently than you came. Jesus, I pray as we sing this song, Lord, I pray that we just take a moment of reflection this morning. Moment of reflection on who you are and what you've done. And Jesus, I pray, God, that you would just give us the ability to meet with you. Your promises are yes and amen. Your promises are draw near, I'll draw to you, near to you. Your promises, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Your promises, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. So many promises for you. Be encouraged by one right now. Draw near to me, for I have drawn near to you. Pull all strings of my heart, for I long to respond to you. And
Oh 